In the solo episode of 2000 Books, four keys to build a following around your business and your ideas. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs every single week. And I'm your host and former computer engineer turned entrepreneur, Manny Vaya. So these days, people often ask me, Manny, you've read over a thousand books now. What is it? What is that one most important success lesson you've learned from all these books? What separates the successful from everyone else? So I decided to create a free video course to show you exactly what that number one ingredient of success is and how anyone can develop it. You can get it for free at 2000books.com slash success. That's 2000books.com slash success. Seth Gordon is a New York Times bestselling author and the marketing guru of this generation. In this episode, I'll be summarizing the key ideas from his New York Times bestselling book, Tribes, which is all about building a powerful following around your business and your ideas. So here we go. Tribes by Seth Gordon. Now, really important book for anyone who's starting, when you're starting a business, when you're starting a movement, when you're starting something new, when you are an early stage entrepreneur and you're trying to get the footing in your business, it's really important to understand the concept of tribes, the idea that there are people who we need on our side. There are people we need to enroll in our movement, and these people will in turn enroll other people and make the movement uh, gain momentum. Tribes is all about how to be a leader and how to spread this word and how to gain momentum how to really get your message out there by challenging the status quo rather than by just using marketing and ads and just blaring uh, on from like shouting at the top of your voice. So the first most important idea of building a tribe, of building a followership is understanding that you have to stand for something. You have to stand for something. You have to challenge the status quo. And the example of this is Martin Luther King. What did Martin Luther King? He had a dream. He had a vision. He had an idea of a country that was not divided on the basis of race or religion or anything like that. And he wanted to make sure that that happened. And he was going to challenge the status quo. He was going to make sure that the big bullies in Washington and the big bullies of the different uh, racial demographics wouldn't really, uh, wouldn't stand in his way. He challenged whatever they were saying was the right thing. He said, no, what you're saying is wrong. I am going to challenge that. I'm going to stand in your way. I will not let you do what you're trying to do right now. And what, what happened as a result, he had, he had enemies. And of course, when you're creating tribe, you will create enemies. When you are challenging the status quo, when you're challenging the usual way of thinking, you will create enemies because people are very tied to their own way of thinking, and they don't want to believe that your way of thinking is any better than theirs. So realize that actually having enemies is good because having enemies will help propel your message forward. Enemies are good when it comes to challenging the status quo, when you're standing for something. And what did Martin Luther King do in the moment? Like, Did he talk about his plan, about his five-year plan, or his five-step manifesto or anything like that. No, when, when people got together in Washington, D.C. Uh, for that incredible speech that he gave, it wasn't about 
and a specific. Uh, it wasn't a very. Um, it wasn't a, a very logical step by step process as to how we need to rid America of the racial uh, divide. No, it was emotionally intense. It was charged. It was all about the inequality that existed in the country at the time, and what needs to be changed. And the fact that he has a dream that he wants all of us to stand together. He wants everyone to be able to look each other in the eye and know that we're equals. And that was emotionally intense, emotionally charged message. He didn't just, he just, he didn't just uh, um, give some simple uh, truths or facts. He was all about emotions. He was, uh, he was not about logic. And what he did in the process was he inspired the country. He inspired a movement. He made us all believers. He made us all believe that it's possible, that we're going to go after it. We're going to make it happen. And let's join. Let's join his tribe. Let's join this movement because we're all going to stand for something. And nobody was really doing it for Martin Luther King per se. They were all doing it for the sake of the movement. They were all doing it for the sake of what was wrong and what needs to be right. They were all doing it to challenge the status quo. They were all there to overcome, as they say, we shall overcome. Right? Next big idea. What would you rather have? Would you rather have a tribe of, let's say, a really small tribe, but that is really tightly knit, really tightly bound, and that's always enrolling, that's finding new people, because it really believes in the core message of what this tribe stands for, or would you rather have a diffuse tribe, a really large diffuse tribe, but that doesn't really have, doesn't really f- believe you, believe in you as a leader, doesn't really have uh, a direction, or doesn't really have, doesn't really, it's not knit together. Now, what do you need to do in order to make sure that your tribe is tightly knit? It is not diffuse. It is not scattered. It is not something that doesn't really. Uh, believe in the message that you're trying to portray or the message that you're trying to put out there. So one thing you want to, one of the most important things you want to do is you can't water down your message. You can't dilute your message. You have to stand for your message. That's when you get the true believers. That's when you get the believers who will stand tall with you and fight with you. They're not fighting for you, but they're fighting with you for this movement. And that is the understanding we have to have. And if you're trying to please everyone, if you were trying, if Martin Luther King had tried to say, okay, let me just please the whole country while I give this message, it would not have been possible. No, he had a very small group, a very small tribe that showed up that day, that showed up and said, no, we believe in this message. We're going to do whatever it takes to make this, mas- make this message move forward. And we're not trying, he was not trying to please everyone. He did not try to please the please the people in Washington. He did not try to please the people, uh, please the different political parties. That was not his agenda. He was not trying to gain momentum that way. He said, no, we're going to stand for this message and we're going to deliver what we think is really important, what we think is essential to human equality. And what you don't, what you don't want to do with your messages become a generality as if it's the same message as everyone else. It's a warning generality. No, you want to be very specific. You want to be very precise as to what you're going to attack, what you're going to go after. Now, another idea, another really important idea is the idea of leadership. Somehow we have this notion in this world today that leaders are born, that leaders have this um, innate abilities and 
that there are only certain people who are leaders and there are certain people who are followers, but that's not the truth. The truth is leaders are the ones who start the, start the process, who say, let's go, let's charge, let's go for this war. They don't seek permission. They are, they're, not, they're not trying to do the ordinary things. They're going to say, no, we're going to do extraordinary. We're going to go after what we think is wrong. We're going to make changes. We're going to make it happen. They're heretics. They're going to challenge the status quo. They're not going to wait for someone to give them the permission to go do something. They are not looking for permission. They're heretics. They're going to go break the mold. They're going to do things their own way. That's leadership. And a leader doesn't need charisma in order to be a leader. But once you become a leader, as you become a leader, you get charisma. That's such an important distinction because so many times we stop ourselves. We think, I'm not charismatic enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not intelligent enough to lead this movement, to do this thing, to uh, create this tribe, to, to start this movement. But that's not really important. You don't need to have all these skills to be charismatic and to be a great leader. What you really have to do is to feel authentically what you stand for, to know this is what you're going to stand for and you're willing to die for it. As um, you're, you're going to be as authentic as you can about the message that you're trying to give. And that will attract people. The authenticity is what is charismatic. The authenticity is leadership. Leadership is not some management uh, managerial principle. It's you believing in the cause so much that you will stand for it you will fight for it, and you will dedicate your life for it. That is leadership. Now, as you, uh, as you continue to grow your tribe, as you commit to growing your tribe, as you connect your tribe, and as you um, uh, challenge the status quo, what you might find is that it's hard to spread the message. You're spending all this money on marketing your message, on, on getting the word out on Facebook or Google or Yahoo or or YouTube, or whatever it is, but the, me- the message is getting watered down. The, the problem is, it's not about you trying, to, uh, you trying to spend the money to get the word out. Most probably, the problem is that you're not connecting with the people. You're not able to speak to their hearts. You're not able to talk to them such that they get moved. Because when, they're, when they move, when people are moved, they will spread the word for you. When people believe in your idea, when people believe in what you're trying to do, they will spread the word for you. They don't need uh, uh, the monetary um, spend or ads or anything like that to uh, feel, conv- uh, feel, convic- uh, feel the conviction of the message. So realize, if you're not able to spread the message, you're not speaking to people's hearts. You're not able to connect with them yet. So find a way to connect to people. Find a way to really get authentic with yourself and, and connect with that authentic part of other human beings. To connect with the emotions. Don't connect with rationality. Don't connect with logic. Another example of tribe, just to, just to cover this whole paradigm of what we've just talked about, it's when Apple started. When Apple started, what were they doing? They challenged the status quo. They stood for what they were trying to do. They challenged IBM, the big blue the 1984 ad they had where it was all about how they're going to break the mold of the big blue and they're going to stand for something much more profound. 
a computer that was going to revolutionize the world. And they started small. They had a small tribe, but they didn't. Steve Jobs did not water down the message. He did not try to please everyone. He did not make a computer for everyone. He never set out to do that. And he was never a wandering generality. He was a he had a tight tribe, and he was a leader. He was a heretic. He was not trying to do something ordinary. He said. I'm not going to seek someone's permission. I don't need the permission of Microsoft or Big Blue, IBM, or anyone else to do what I'm trying to do. I'm going to go change the world, and you guys are going to come along for the ride. Now, Steve Jobs, we call him charismatic today, but the truth is he was a very tough person to deal with. He was a very tough person to uh, work under, um, and there were a lot of challenges um, that came. He was fired from his own company, but he stood his ground. He stood his ground. So you can, you, can, uh, you can wonder whether he was charismatic in the traditional sense of the way or he was charismatic because he was a leader and hence he got the charisma. And the message for Apple spread because they were talking to the heart about creating beautiful things, about creating simple machines that really help you. They were not trying to just spend the money and try to convince you to buy, 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 which IBM was doing at the time. So there you have it, Tribes by Seth Godin. Great book. If you want to get your message out, if you are a starting entrepreneur or if you are an established entrepreneur but you're struggling to figure out why you're not, your message is not getting the footing, why you're not able to move the message forward, definitely check out this resource. So as more and more people find out about what I do, the question I invariably get asked is, Manny, you've read over a thousand books now. What is the most important success lesson you've learned from all these books? What is it that separates the winners, the successful from everyone else? So I decided to create a free video course to show you exactly what that number one ingredient of success is and how anyone can develop it. You can get it for free at 2000books.com slash success. Well, until next time, my ambitious friends, do something great with your life. Don't waste it. <music> 